Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. I was listening. I thought that was all the single ladies, Ari. I thought you were about to bring me back into all the single ladies at first. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on, dude. <laughs> Hold was, on, dude. I was going to use Slam by Onyx, but we've retired that song. So. Well, yeah, that was the song that we used to close out the show, and we're far from closes. We got one hour long, one hour strong to go, and we kick off hour number three of the show here at Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920 with Mason Gordon, Slam Ball creator and chief executive officer. And, Mason, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. And I realized a few weeks ago you were on the show to talk about Slam Ball, but now it's here. I mean, it's coming up this week. We're excited about it. How excited are you for Slam Ball to make its return? I'm so happy to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me back. How great is this? I mean, how great is this? Slam Ball is relaunching on ESPN this Friday at 4 o'clock local time. If you've got any chance to get here and see it live, you've got to take that opportunity. Slam Ball is unlike anything you've ever seen. It will blow your mind. Yeah, no, it really will. And I, I mentioned that you were coming on the show and I had a bunch of people hit me up and, and talk about it. And we're excited about it. Mason, what made you and, and, and the powers to be decide that it was it was the right time to bring Slam Ball back? It was really clearly the right time. About two years ago, people started posting 20 year old Slam Ball highlights with the hashtag bring back Slam Ball and media that was associated with that hashtag garnered over half a billion views online. And we looked at it and we said, oh my God, people are really into this. And it's not just, it's not us posting it. It's Jason Tatum, it's Overtime Elite, it's Barstool Sports, it's ESPN. So the fact that we were able to really evaluate the opportunity and then go out and find investors and go out and see that ESPN wanted to partner with us, that's what really told us the timing was perfect. Right. You got the coverage from ESPN. You have eight teams, six weeks of, uh, of action. How big could this be for Slam Ball and even the summer? I think we're here to save the summer. Are you missing <laughs> the Raiders? Are you missing the Golden Knights? I know I am. So I think the timing is absolutely perfect. Slam Ball is a perfect combination of the best elements of basketball, football, hockey. And then we have competition spring beds built inside the three-point line that are elevating the play up to 18 feet off the ground. It's some of the most amazing sports you will ever see, and it gets under your skin really, really quickly. Again, Mason Gordon is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things Slam Ball. So I absolutely know what Slam Ball is. I've seen it when it was around the first time. I'm excited about it returning. But for anyone who may not be familiar with Slam Ball, what, do they, what should they expect to see when they come out and check it out on Friday? Slam ball is hostile, mobile, agile. It's four-on-four, hockey-style substitutions. It looks a little bit like basketball, but there's full contact and checking like you have in football and hockey. And you've got hockey walls around the outside and dedicated defenders that protect the goal. So you're never going to see uncontested shots in slam ball. Everything is fiercely contested. And our signature penalty shot, the face-off, is is what we have instead of a free throw because there's nothing free in slam ball. The foul lead gets to go heads up with the fouler and one-on-one at the rim and settle the beef right there. So basically, as my man Ari pointed out, you ain't scoring. It's going to be tough to score right there, huh? <laughs> no, we get a lot of high-scoring games, man. These guys are unbelievably talented. In the first game, we've got uh, Bryce Morang, 
our number one overall draft pick going up against Tony Crosby. Tony Crosby's five foot six with a fifty two inch max Ooh. vertical on the hardwood in slam ball. He's like a superhero. He's like Miles Morales out there. So I think this is really going to catch people by surprise, and all the people that remember Slam Ball love Slam Ball, and the young people that are c- connecting with Slam Ball on social media, where our highlights continue to go viral over the last several years, and as as recently as yesterday. Nice. Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, my man Ari, who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, just pointed out, okay, it's Q that's not scoring. So basically he's saying if I was to play, I wouldn't be scoring, that these guys, these defenders would stop me from scoring. I don't know. I think you'd do great in slam ball, man. The, the, it, most of slam ball is played in between the ears, and you just got to have a whole lot of courage and a whole lot of athletic ability. And I've heard rumors that you've got both. Well, there you go. I'm glad someone's lying on my behalf, man. I definitely <laughs> – I'll take it, man. I'll take it. But I am excited about Slam Ball returning. And one thing that stands out to me, Mason, about Slam Ball is the fact that it's, it, it's a game that happens pretty quickly. How, how much is that important for, you know, the, the younger fans that are watching just to kind of keep their attention? Yeah, it's really hard. You've got whole swaths of prime demographics that aren't watching two-and-a-half-hour-long, three-hour-long sports broadcasts anymore. So Slam Ball offers the opportunity for short, bite-sized, half-hour games where the action and the excitement is through the roof. You know you're going to see something crazy and cool, and it's something that you want to share with your friends. So I think the idea of uh, Slam Ball, where our live format, you you can see four teams play three games and a little and in a quick little tournament uh, until you get team one playing team two, team three playing team four. And then the main event with both teams, both winning teams playing in the, in the, in the final game. So that's where things get really, really exciting. You get to see a story with a beginning, middle, and an end. Mason Gordon, Slam Ball creator and chief executive officer, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So what is the training like? What is practice and, and even, I guess, training camp like as these guys get prepared to open up this season? Yeah, so half of our athletes come from major basketball programs, half come from major football programs. Mm. So it's really an incredible blending of those two different skill sets. And we've had a training camp going in Las Vegas for about six weeks. Nice. These guys are so fired up. They're, they're launching themselves so high in the air, doing such amazing things uh, in, uh, creativ- in terms of creativity and just pure unbridled power. So these guys are fully ready to go and ready to put on an incredible show starting this Friday. I could imagine that during practice it's pretty obvious who was the football players coming up and who were the basketball players because those tendencies tend to come out a little bit. Well, where can you see that other than slam ball? Where can you see a small forward line up against a linebacker, line up against a point guard, line up against a defensive back? Only in slam ball. And in every high school, in every college, in every barbershop in America, that's the argument. Are the football players the apex athletes? Or are the basketball players? In slam ball, you get to find out. Right, and every football player always wants to be a basketball player, and every basketball player always wants to be a football player. It never, ever ends. Again, we're talking with Mason Gordon here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We had a question from our guy, Mailman Raider, on our don'tbebroke.com text line. He said, how did slam ball go about drafting players? Were there tryouts? Yeah, it was invite only. And uh, when we reached out to people, we thought we would have to have this whole pitch. Like, hey, man, there's this thing. It was started on a, in a warehouse, and it was on cable TV late at night. 
And everybody was like, hey, 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 stop talking. I've been wanting to play Slam Ball for the last three or four years wow. because Slam Ball stays in my social media feed. So this is that thing that's been bubbling just under the surface for a long period of time, and now it's ready to kick off live at Cox Pavilion on Friday at 4 p.m. local time. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm thinking about trying to make my way over there on Thursday and check out a little exhibition action, maybe even put my knee braces on and go out there and, uh, and try my little something-something myself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> bring your nephews, bring your kids. <laughs> uh, it, it, this is uh, an amazing family, uh, family-friendly experience. Uh, and slam ball is, is, is the, the, the sport that's going to capture everybody's imagination here this summer in Vegas. I'm excited about it. Mason Gordon, Slam Ball creator and chief executive officer, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And so uh, how big was it? You mentioned some big names earlier that were really excited about Slam Ball and really wanted it to return. To have big-time celebrity names backing Slam Ball and also reaching out saying, hey, we want this, we want this, we want this, how big was that for you? It was gigantic. I mean, our investor base are some of the most discerning investors anywhere in sports. You're talking about... Michael Rubin, you're talking about uh, David Blitzer, Blake Griffin, Gary Vaynerchuk, Roger Ehrenberg. These are some of the these are some of the biggest investors in the sports space. And for them to look at Slamball and say, "Hey, this is the next big thing," that puts a lot of wind in our sails, and we're ready for it. Yeah, well, we're ready for it as well. We'll be giving out tickets a little bit later on the show. But if anyone wants to reach out and get some tickets uh, right now, get prepared for Friday. What do they need to do? Go to UNLVTickets.com or SlamBallLeague.com, and it's really simple. Make sure you get there quick. Get there and get your tickets now because they're going fast, and this is something you want to be right up on the glass for. Absolutely. Well, I'm getting my knee braces ready, Mason. I'm ready to come on down and check out the action, be a part of the action. You know what I mean? Let's go, Q. (laughs) Get on on down here. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to make it happen. Mason, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right, there he goes, Mason Gordon, slam ball creator, chief executive officer. And look, we were joking, we were firing shots at Demond earlier about five foot four and jumping out the gym. He said five foot six and jumping out the gym. So now, look, I know Demond was never jumping out the gym when you know he was just playing regular basketball. Hell, I don't even know if he ever really made it onto a court ever. But there you go. Ari, maybe you can. Well, nah, you're not very <laughs> athletic. I was about All to right. say maybe you could try something. But I don't want you to mess up your your knees like Rick Ross either. Yeah, I don't want to have to you know wear knee braces everywhere. Hey, look, man, <laughs> I don't I don't mind. Look, I don't mind being that old dude that needs to, to rock the knee braces. It's so funny because uh, Little Q's in town, so anytime we go and play basketball, and I haven't gone and played for a while, but anytime I would play with him anywhere playing mm-hmm. basketball, I'm like, yeah, I gotta get my knee braces. He's like, yeah, old man. I was like, hey, you know what? It's all right. I'm still out here on the court playing. I just got to make sure that I uh, I don't blow something out, man, because, look, the recovery is not okay for me. But uh, our guy Vice Raider hit us up on Twitter and said, if you, Q, if you're participating in the Slam Ball event, you better be wearing the jersey. Show the world what old school Q24 is all about. Also, he, he mentioned Jimmy G. Jimmy G needs Jacobs because the defense will have another high-level player to focus on on the field. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, that's what I should do. As you mentioned old school in our mentions here, uh, you were talking about I ain't going to score against it. That would be kind of fun. I should go out. They said that we can come out on Thursday and check out like an exhibition and maybe even participate a little something. So I might have to go out there. I might have to get my knee braces ready. Might have to line someone up for Friday just in case. No, nah, nah, look, to, hey, look, man, as long, as long as I don't bust my throat, I should be fine. <laughs> right? Fair, fair. As long as I don't break, oh, yeah, you, you know. go to the pool, though. So you, I, I'll you be at be... the pool. Yeah, I'll put my feet up at the pool, right? <laughs> 
I will be at the Azilo Ultra oh, Ultra Lounge uh, inside the Sahara Las Vegas. The the great atmosphere uh, that we're there on Fridays, like every other Friday we've been there. Uh, we're going to kick off the weekend right. I will be there this Friday, so I definitely encourage you to come out for that. But, yeah, I mean, look, even if I were to hurt myself, and look, knock on wood, I don't want to hurt myself, I should still be able to talk. If I hurt myself to the point where I can't talk, then something really has gone wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I, I, I trust then. I trust in you on this whole slam ball thing. But I do want, like, I want pictures or maybe a, a video. Oh, yeah. No, look. Get that's the viral, one thing. No, no. That's the one, no, that's the one thing about me, Ari, that you can count on. At this stage of the game, if I do anything, it will be documented because it's going to be for the show, right? It ain't right. going to be just for, well, Q's just got to do it to satisfy his ego. No, I, I got it. I'm doing it for the, the, the satisfaction of the show and the show alone. Like when I play in the celebrity basketball game, you know why I did that? So I can come on the show and talk about it and talk about my experience. That's how I got the damn name old school, thanks to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Been, yeah, we've had material for over a year now. Right. Great. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've talked about that game in, in, in many different networks, and the minute I realized that I was old school, realized that that was the name that all of a sudden I had become, I realized that, oh, man, it's all bad. But, hey, you know, I got the matching knee braces. I'm good. Got my hoop shorts. You know, I'm good to go. I just, my problem is I'll be feeling good about myself. I think I'm about to make a shot or something like that so I can come back and brag. And somebody that's like a football player out there is going to drill me, and that's what's going to happen. That's what. Yeah, exactly. Third row. Exactly. My luck, it'll probably be Vegas Jess. You know, he likes to push off anyway. That's how, That's how. you know, when we were playing football on the street, he, uh, he pushed me in the small of my back. He had pass interference on me. That's how I messed up my shoes. I messed up my work shirt, messed up my hands. You know, he, he still ain't even saying sorry, man. He just kind of just, you know, he just, he just did it like that, man. It's a cold game. Mm, sounds like an excuse rather than a reason. But, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. <laughs> dang, dang, How's that dang. For a tease, as we call it. Yeah, <laughs> man, that was cold game. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> but that was cold game. I, I like that right there. There you go. Well. Now I'm going to go ahead and shut it on down. Vegas Jess is probably like, yes, yes, Ari, finally someone has my back. Finally someone has my back. couple quick texts I'd like to get to uh, before we continue on with the show. LJ hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Best nugget today, Q on Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. He's not me with money. Ha <laughs> ha. Sorry, pal. That's from LJ. And he's right. He's right. The wife says it about me all the time. Like, I'll get somewhere, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, just buy it. That's cool. I got expensive. I got expensive taste for no reason. Right? I just <laughs> – I have expensive taste for no reason. There's, the wife will try to, try to – oh, no, let's not spend that money. We don't have to just spend that. I'm like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for that. So, yeah, Dave Ziegler is much more disciplined than I am. Trey in Kansas City hit a sub and said, I hardly ever agree with the organization, but they're doing the right thing. They actually did J.J. a solid by giving him the franchise tag. That's Trey in Kansas City. So uh, there you go. A little bit of feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We definitely appreciate the feedback from you, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We still have on the way reason or excuse. I got a couple cover three NFL news and notes of the day that we'll get to next. We got a lot coming up. And we got to throw the question out there. When it comes to Zamir White, what would you like to see from him coming up in training camp preseason? And, and who knows how long Josh Jacobs is out. I think he'll be back by week one, but that's just me guesstimating. I don't know what until he's, until he's actually out there. So what would you like to see from Zamir White? And then how much do you think Jimmy Garoppolo needs Josh Jacobs in the backfield? Because, well, you know what Josh Jacobs could provide, and you know Jimmy G is not 
an elite quarterback? Let us know the answer to both of those questions. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Many thanks to Mason Gordon, slam ball creator and chief executive officer. Joined us in the last segment. Kind of got me interested in slam ball as far as maybe trying my uh, skills, putting my skills to the test, getting out there on the court on Thursday. Not Friday when that real action, but maybe going out there on Thursday morning, check out their practice, check out a few exhibition games, and maybe, you know, dibble and dabble a little something-something. So I said that in the last segment. And what's the response I get? Mama Q. You better stay off that court. Slam ball is not your game. Trampoline in all big letters. Not for you. Just saying. Mama Q knows best. So there you go. She's telling me, hey, old school, keep your old behind off that <laughs> off that slam ball court. You ain't got no business being out there. Stick. Let the professionals stick to that. So there's that. Definitely appreciate that feedback. Jim from Yonkers, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com. Text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. I don't think I could ever sit out of before a playoff game. Not fair to the fans. Two wrongs don't make a right. How do they figure out $10 million? Average salary of the top four, is it more? The rookie running back on Atlanta is getting $10 million, has not played yet. Broken system, thank you, has Jim from Yonkers. And, yeah, uh, that's the way that they, they do it. They average out the top running back, um, their, their salaries. And I don't know if B. John Robinson's salary is actually equated into that because he is a rookie and he hasn't got that yet. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I know that it's the top salaries averaged out, and that's, what, that's how the franchise tag comes with all the positions. Uh, you know, I can look and, and probably should have asked Brad Spielberger the exact um, numbers on that, but we can, we can look that up at another point. But, again, it's just, the, it's just the average of the top salaries and what it comes up to. The big problem is that the average salary – in 2015 was a lot higher than it is now. So the franchise tag was $10.9 million for running backs. In 2015, it's 10.1 in 2023. So it's going down, which is the nature of the beast. And I'm with you, Jim. If my team made it to the playoffs, there's no way that I'm even trying to threaten that I'm going to sit out because I'm so excited just to make it to the playoffs. I would have to play. We see how hard it is. Look, I mean, look how many years it's been since the Raiders have been in the playoffs, since the Super Bowl, right? Since the last Super Bowl appearance, they've been in the playoffs twice. If I'm on the Raiders, there ain't no chance in holy hell that I'm <laughs> going to sit out or even thinking about sitting out if I make the playoffs because, man, it's just taking far too long to get there consistently. I'm not doing it. So that's, that's, that's just me. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point that you bring up, Jim. Definitely appreciate you. Again, we've got reason or excuse coming up in a, in a few minutes. We'll also be looking for caller number nine in the, in the uh, Lotus Summer of Fun. We have that coming up. But I did want to get to some NFL news and notes. We like to call it Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So the first one is something that we found out over the weekend, and that was the fact that DeAndre Hopkins was indeed going to sign with the Tennessee Titans. He had talked about, or it had been talked about, that maybe Kansas City, maybe the Patriots. He had mentioned his requirements for a new team, stable front office, stable quarterback, championship defense, Tennessee doesn't have any of those, right? The quarterback is a question. Is it going to be Tannehill? Is it going to be Malik Willis? Is it going to be Will Levis? Uh, the front office just fired their GM because they traded away A.J. Brown, and their defense is, eh, it's all right, right? I don't think that Tennessee is a very good team. I don't think it's going to make them a whole lot better when it comes to the offense, but my guy, Teron Davenport from ESPN, he was on with us last night on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and that was the question that we asked him. What does D-Hop bring to the Titans' offense? How does that make them improve? Well, it improves them in a lot of ways. You look at just 
having a, a legitimate number two receiver opposite Traylon Burks, that you have that. But then just even further, it just reinforces the fact that they now have a receiving core that is not unproven. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a guy 10 years in the league, 853 receptions, 71 touchdowns. I mean, he's among the, the tops since he's gotten into the league in, in those categories. So that right there, just it just adds the air of legitimacy to that team. And then not only the, they have the play-action part of it, that's an area where Ryan Tannehill is a lot better. And since, what, 2019, Hopkins has 99 receptions off of play-action, which is better than all but two other receivers in the league. So it definitely boosts the, the offense and it puts them in a position where they can compete with Jacksonville. Teron Davenport right there from ESPN. He covers the Tennessee Titans like a glove. And you heard him right there compete with Jacksonville. And I told Teron straight up and I asked him straight up about competing with Jacksonville. I believe, as many people believe, that they should be the leader in the clubhouse to win that division this year. But what is Teron's thoughts on how D-Hop helps them compete with Jacksonville? Because, again, I believe that Jacksonville should be the leaders in the clubhouse. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Most people believe that, but if you look beneath the surface, obviously Jacksonville, they did a great job, right? You know, they came uh, back against the Chargers and they ended up going to Kansas City, and we know what happened there. But I think if you go back and you look at that game, the, the, the winner-go-home game between Jacksonville and Tennessee, Josh Dobbs was the quarterback, man. Right. Josh Dobbs we're talking about. Now Ryan Tannehill, Josh Dobbs, and it came down to a very questionable call in order for that game to go from 17-10 to 17-17, you know. So I think you look at that, there's not that much separation between the two teams. I felt it was close all along, but now you add Hopkins and you look at the uh, Jacksonville, you know, they're without two of their top tackles. Obviously the Titans are with T. Ferrer with the gambling thing, but I think that gap is a lot closer than a lot of people lead on to. To Ron Davenport on DeAndre Hopkins, what he brings to the table for the Tennessee Titans. And remember, he signed a two-year, $26 million contract. Uh, the deal has a base value of $12 million for year one, more than the running back franchise tag, with a chance to get up to $15 million. And the total of the contract could be worth up to $32 million with incentives. Not saying that DeAndre Hopkins is going to hit all those incentives, but they are there in the contract. Again, the value could be all the way up to $32 million. Now, uh, the Chiefs will host the Detroit Lions on September 7th. That's a prime time Thursday night game that kicks off the 2023 season. They are one of nine teams with rookies that reported to camp today. The Falcons, the, the Ravens, the Bills, the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Saints, the Giants, and the San Francisco 49ers. All those rookies reported to camp today. The Raiders have their rookies reporting uh, at the end of the week on the 20th. That's when the rookies report for the Silver and Black and also the veterans report on the 25th with the first day of practice being on the 26th. When it comes to the Raiders in practice, they're going to actually have their uh, their joint practices this year, two different sets of joint practices. Uh, the NFL announced that the Raiders and 49ers will have a joint practice in Henderson on August 10th, and the Raiders will head to Irvine for a joint practice with the Rams on August 16th. So a couple dates right there to look forward to. Uh, the 49ers and the Rams both having uh, joint practices with the Silver and Black, one in Henderson and one in Southern California. So definitely something to pay attention to. Speaking of paying attention to when it comes to Southern California, I mentioned earlier in the show that Matt Stafford said no thanks to a Rams restructure. Uh, the Rams won't admit it, but they regret giving Matt Stafford that massive deal that included 63 
million fully guaranteed dollars at signing and another 57 million that became fully guaranteed in March 2023. So if you're doing the math and I'm not very good at it, that's 120 million dollars in full guarantees over 2 years for a quarterback who well, is really at the end of his rope. Is really so-so. I've been saying it for years. I don't think that Matt Stafford is much better than Derek Carr, if better. He was in a better situation, you know, in LA when he won a Super Bowl, but I think that they're very comparable. This guy after, remember, this is after, meaning past tense, later on, after they won the Super Bowl, they gave him that kind of money. $57 million fully guaranteed in March of 2023, $63 million fully guaranteed at signing, $120 million. So the Rams asked Matt Stafford to restructure it, and you know what he said? No thanks. He declined that. Ari. If I give you $120 million and I ask you to restructure and switch that thing up, you going to change it up for me? Uh, we're good. <laughs> I don't want to make anyone have to do anything, so we'll just leave it alone. Right. Well, apparently, Colin Cowherd said that on his uh, show on FS1 and Fox Sports Radio that the Rams tried to get Stafford to renegotiate that contract, and uh, there was just a no-go when it comes to Stafford. And that's why the Rams are the position that they're in. I, ta- I talked about GM Dave Ziegler earlier and that he's disciplined. No way he would ever throw that kind of money at an aging quarterback. Right, a guy that you know is really at the end of the rope. You saw the breakdowns in his in his health last season, and to know that all that money is is going to Matt Stafford and he's not going to renegotiate that is pretty um, that's pretty wild <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Madden ratings. I'm not a Madden guy. I mentioned it earlier that I haven't played since or I haven't bought the game since Richard Sherman was on the cover. If you're a Madden person and you want to look at uh, the Raiders on Madden, just the the pass rushers. Uh, Max Crosby came in at a 94 rating. Chandler Jones got an 82. Tyree Wilson, the rookie, a 75. Jordan Willis, a 68. Malcolm Kuntz, a 64. Those are just some uh, edge rushers on Madden that had to do with the Raiders. Wide receivers. Justin Jefferson is a 99. Devontae Adams is a 97. Tyreek Hill, the guy that called me old school, he's 98. Stephon Diggs is 96. Jamar Chase, 94. D-Hop, as mentioned earlier, 93. Terry McLaurin, 92. A.J. Brown and Mari Cooper, both there at 91. So that's, uh, that's the Madden. Again, I'm not a big Madden guy. Uh, at this stage of the game, I don't have time to play video games. I don't even own a PS3. It's not a PS3 anymore, right? It's a PS5. Uh, I think I'm, five, I'm like right? you. I'm kind of yeah. I I left off at like two. That's Hold like on, let me one. look. I think Hold you're on. right though. Little cues <laughs> here. He brought his with him. Hold on. I'm gonna. I'm, try, I'm attempt to go look in his room real quick. Hold oh, on. Oh boy. Um. I hopefully I don't see something I don't want to see. Oh. Yeah, it's PS5. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean he's grown, so you never know. <laughs> you never know, man. <laughs> Whoa! Didn't mean to see that. I was looking for a PS5, not that. <laughs> Oh, man, he'll be so mad if he knew I was talking about him like that. But, uh, yeah, it is I'm what it send is. Send him this air check. Yeah, he ain't going to worry about it. You think he really going to listen to that? man? And he then too- he's going to take it to you on the slam ball court. He is not. He's, t- he's too busy listening to whatever hip-hop he's listening to that don't make no sense. Right? He listened to some, some dope beats with some terrible lyrics. That's what he's, he's listening to. So I ain't worried about that. Uh, but I am worried about uh, caller number nine, man. Let's go ahead and get caller number nine. We got the Lotus Summer of Fun. Uh, we got someone registered earlier for four tickets to the Aviators game. That gets you one step closer to that trip to Alaska, a seven-day cruise for two to Alaska. Of course, you could always take the cash, $3,000 cash. Uh, take the trip, take the cash, Lotus Summer of Fun. The first step. And getting hooked up is you have to 
get in to win the four tickets to the Aviators game. That's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to get you qualified for that. Call number nine is what we're going to do. Ari, you got a look on your face. Go ahead and tell me, man. You got a mic. You got time for Mitch real quick? Of course. We'll bring Mitch on, and then we'll look for call number nine. Mitch, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Mitch. All right, uh, you Mitch, know what? Yeah, we'll Mitch is in it. the drive-thru, so we'll go ahead and let Mitch be in the drive-thru. Or actually, he's probably – I think he delivers UPS, so he's probably delivering a package trying to get it signed for us. So we'll get back to Mitch later. We're right now, call number nine is what we're looking for. We're trying to get you qualified for four tickets to the Aviators game against the Lotus Summer of Fun. The grand prize is a seven-day Alaska cruise for two – or you could take the cash, which is $3,000, but you got to get the tickets to the Aviators game. We're trying to get you registered for that right now. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 4.37 is the time. In a matter of minutes, we'll jump into reason or excuse. My man Ari has come up with some subjects. He's going to throw them at, him, at me and decide if it's a reason or an excuse. We've got plenty to get to in a short amount of time. We also got National Days of the Day. Ari's going to hold that down, too. I think Ari's just basically trying to be the man. Man, He's trying to flex his muscles on me, and that's okay. We'll do that. Definitely appreciate him, as always. Did get a text from Sir Whiskey Ray on the Don'tBeBroke.com text line. At 69187, keyword R&R. After we get to this, we'll get right into reason or excuse. Uh, q and I have to ask, what are your guys' thoughts on Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo's remarks, how he believes the Saudi Pro League is better than MLS and Europe soccer as the strength of the leagues are diminishing? I honestly think he's shading Messi for playing here in the States, even though Ronaldo's taking Saudi blood money. What are your thoughts? Thanks, guys. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I haven't actually heard those uh, remarks from uh, Ronaldo, but, I mean, it's definitely a shot at Messi. There's no doubt about that. Messi's in Miami. Everything is sold out ever since he announced he's going to sign with Miami and has done so now. Uh, he's, he's the dude, right? He's obviously the guy. So, yeah, there's definitely some shade headed in his direction, even though I haven't heard his exact words. Uh, and he's taking the, the Saudi money as a lot of people did. You saw what happened with Live Golf and the fact that they were taking the Saudi money. Uh, so many of those guys took that Saudi money and went to Live Golf because, well, the money is a lot bigger than it is uh, in the PGA. And, you know, it's something I've said so many times. I say it on this station. I'll say it on national radio. I'll say it in conversation. Money is undefeated. Money is undefeated, right? When you saw that Live Golf and the PGA wanted to, wanted to merge together, the only answer I had for that is money is undefeated. Uh, nobody likes it, right? The PGA was super hypocrites when they, when they uh, came out and talked so bad about the Live Golf Tournament and, and those people and, and the blood money that you're talking about, and then they decided they wanted to partner with them, right? I mean, it was such a, a hypocritical move, even though it was something that they clearly needed to do, and now it's all caught up in a whole bunch of mess, and I know that's a whole other subject that we're talking about, but that, that Saudi money is, is, is that big, long money, and that's that money that everybody – wants to to get right one way one how they want to get it and as i mentioned before money is undefeated so thanks so much for that text i do appreciate you and one more text jim from yonkers said if jimmy g is healthy and jacobs is there week one a fair assessment i have us ranked ninth in the afc at the start ahead of broncos pats browns steelers texans titans and colts we need to survive the early part of the season shout out to lincoln kennedy he does a great job explaining the game just as good if not better than tv Thank you. That's from Jim from Yonkers. Thanks so much for that text. We do appreciate you. And, yeah, Lincoln's fantastic. 
Uh, always love it. Matter of fact, this upcoming season, we'll have Lincoln Kennedy a couple times a, a week on the show, as we did last year. So we definitely look forward to that. Lincoln's a good friend, good friend of the show as well. So we definitely appreciate him and all his efforts that he provides each and every week throughout the course of the regular season. So, yeah, I mean, I think if Jimmy G is healthy, Josh Jacobs is there, I think the Raiders offense has a chance to be dangerous. But you've got to have a healthy Jimmy. You've got to have Josh Jacobs. You've got to have the rest of the offensive weapons. They've got to have a little bit of time to get some chemistry. But – I think the sky could be the limit for the offense. The defense has to do their part and complement the offense as well. So with that being said, thanks so much for those texts. We do appreciate you. Let's go ahead and jump into reason or excuse. It's time for reason or excuse on unnecessary roughness. Here's your boy Q. I guess you should have said, here's Ari. (laughs) So take it away, Ari. Oh, okay. I'm up. All right. Let's do this. Uh, Bill Belichick has a lot of pressure on him this season because the Patriots have not been the same since Brady left in free agency to Tampa Bay. Oh, boy. This is a good one. Is that a reason or an excuse? No, it's a reason. And and you know what's funny? It is a reason. It could be used as an excuse, but I think it's a reason why they haven't been good, and that's on him, right? I mean, that's 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 on him. He hasn't, he hasn't done what he needed to do as the head coach. I felt like he was a guy that had as much rope to hang himself as as anyone, right? I didn't think that there was anything that any, he could really do to, I don't want to say burn the bridge, but you know, make the make the the Kraft family sour on him at all because of everything that he's brought to the table. But you know, he hasn't been able to develop Mac Jones since Josh McDaniels left. He was very arrogant last year and had uh, a, 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 a defensive coordinator in Matt Patricia act as the OC. A special teams coordinator and Joe Judge act as an assistant, and you could clearly see it was just discombobulated. And I don't know if that was, oh, we're the Patriots and we're going to get it done or what, but it has squarely put him on the hot seat, and and I never thought that I would say that. And I I say that with a lot of confidence. I talked about him earlier on the show today, Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. He was on ESPN with us last night, and he was talking about the pressure that's on Bill Belichick and why a fair amount of pressure you know do i think he thinks that there's pressure on him probably not i think he thinks that he has a good solid team i think he used the word competitive with us a few times at the league meetings or the times that we've talked to him since then and i think that's what he looks for he thinks that if you give him a competitive team overall that him and his coaches can improve them enough to be contenders i don't think belichick feels the pressure but i do think there's pressure there's certainly pressure among the fan base after three years of 25 and 26 and no playoff victories and you know how they finished the 2019 season tom brady's last season you know once they started eight no they went sort of in the tank after that led to home playoff loss against the titans i think there's a lot of pressure brady's been gone for a while now they need to see things start going in the in the right direction it seemed like it was in mac jones's rookie year but then they made the choices they did with the coaching staff set everything back will there be a residual effect from that you know that's one of the big questions but i do think that there's pressure on bill belichick i think he needs to get around 500 or there could be talk of some sort of changes now when we talk about pressure and changes and we're talking about bill belichick are we talking about changes to the personnel and and his staff or are we actually talking about changes with him no i think changes with him i think it's all on the table i think it was after last season you know from the people that i talked to Kraft was not happy the way last season went. They were as dubious as anybody about the Matt Patricia, Joe Judge plan. It completely blew up 
in Bill Belichick's face, you could say, oh, well, they were only 8-9. They weren't that far off. Yeah, but you also have to take into account that they beat seven backup quarterbacks. Is that going to happen again? And this year they have a much stronger schedule that they're going up against. I mean, if they went against starting quarterbacks in those victories, how many wins would they come up with? So I think there are a lot of questions, and I do think that the Crafts heard what they needed to after the season from Bill. You know, from what I understand, I don't know what he told Kraft directly, but I know that Bill Belichick knew that he screwed up the offense. And I assume he fell on the sword in front of Kraft. Of course, he will never do that for us. But, you know, that's what Kraft needed to hear. And now that bought Bill another year. What does this year look like? How does the finish look? All those things come into account. But yeah, I mean, I think if Bill goes out there and goes 6-11, and 11, right. yeah, I think, his, I think his job is in jeopardy. There it is, Greg Bedard right there, bostonsportsjournal.com, talking about the pressure and talking about Bill Belichick and his job in jeopardy. And I promise you, Ari, I never thought I would hear that. Never Same. thought I would hear that those words, that his job is in jeopardy. I've heard that a lot this offseason, that there's a lot of pressure on him. I'll keep pushing it off, pushing it off. Like, yeah, not, not, not really, not so much. He's good. But clearly right there from guys that know a lot more than I do, there's a lot of pressure on him due to everything that's gone on ever since Tom Brady has left. New England. So in a long roundabout way to answer your question, absolutely a reason for the pressure to be on Bill Belichick. Yeah. I didn't expect that to be uh, your answer either earlier. So yeah, it's happening. All right, more pressure. Dak Prescott says he won't throw as many interceptions in 2023 as he did last season, and a lot of those were not his fault. Having just bad luck at times, excuse or reason. Well, the fact that he said, I know who I am, and you can go back and take away half of those off drops... I'm not saying it's on the receiver, but if you cut that in half, then we start talking about those. Nobody's talking about it. To me, that screams, excuse, excuse, excuse. And also, I'm going to throw my wide receivers under the bus while I'm at it, right? And I don't know how much of leadership that is. I think that that was kind of piss poor, to be honest. The guy played in 12 games and had 15 interceptions in 2022. Like, that can't happen. And let's not forget the, the, the playoff game where he threw – interceptions to the other team that were just bad passes. Bad passes, and I know wide receivers fall down at times, but look, that's on you, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, again, he he uh, he had just – he just wasn't good. Let's put it like that. He was a little bit banged up. I think this is a big year for Dak. I think he definitely needs to step up and show who he is. They don't have Zeke Elliott now. Tony Pollard is going to be the guy, and they don't have Kellen Moore. That's the other thing. Kellen Moore is not the OC anymore. It's all Mike McCarthy now. Uh, if Mike McCarthy's going to go out, he's going to go out swinging with him in, in charge. And so I think Dak's got a lot of pressure on him. But I think that all those interceptions that he threw and him talking about a lot of those were drops and off of guys' hands where that might be the case. But a lot of those were just bad passes as well. So I think that's screaming excuses. Yeah, I have to agree. And I'll add, uh, last year a lot of people kind of sometimes would compare – Who's better, Carr or Dak Prescott? And I don't have an answer, but I will say this from a leadership standpoint. Carr would often jump up to say, I am at fault. That's an, that's on me. I'm the leader. Right. Whereas this guy is just – the second you started that quote, I'm like, excuse. I'm just – I'm right there with you. Right. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could take away half of those off of drops. Ah, how about the ones that are on you, <laughs> but, dude? But but that's what that sounds right, like. It sounds exactly. like a kid almost. Sounds like a bunch but of Dad. excuses. Dak is throwing out excuses, no doubt. Yeah. All right, well, on to a company rather than the individual. So the WNBA, every team does not generate revenue and are not as good and entertaining as the Aces. That's why every team does not have their own facilities like they have in Vegas working on L.A. and others. 
Do you think that's an excuse or yes. a reason? No, I do think it's an excuse, and this is why. They're not wrong. Every team is not a money-generating team. I can get that. Every team is not the championship team like the Aces. Every team is not in a big market like L.A., New York, or whatever. But the NBA could back up these ladies. The NBA could back up the WNBA and make sure that teams have their own facilities so they're not like the Aces were a year ago when they were playing at a high school, when they're at Gorman, or where they're at UNLV, and they're, you know, gym bag to gym bag, and as soon as practice is over, they're packing up. And the reason I know that the w, that the NBA could back them up is because what we saw from Summer League, the championship game, last night. What did we see, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. We saw the Cleveland Cavaliers win. Not only did they get a trophy for winning six games in Summer League, with guys who most likely aren't going to make the team outside of one or two dudes, a bunch of swinging Ds that are going to be probably working at another job or maybe in the G League in a little while. No disrespect, but that's the reality of it. Not only did they get a trophy, not only did they get an MVP trophy on top of that, not only did they get T-shirts that said that they were champions. Remember, this is for six games, and this is not a disrespect to the Summer League. This is just reality. They got T-shirts saying they were champions for six games. They won six games in Summer League, and that was it. But, Ari, they also got championship rings that, by the way, were available last night. Fifteen minutes after the game, they're handing out rings. Rings. That's insane. For six games that they won in Summer League. That's basically like me putting together the uh, a broadcast you know everyone who broadcasts in Las Vegas let's put together a tournament <laughs> and we ain't got no money to pay you know the guys back at the radio station but we're paying all these dudes and we're rolling out rings for a championship tournament that don't mean nothing right <laughs> that yeah that's uh, the real participation trophy really for that's what honest. I'm saying but so an they, expensive one and look again credit to the Cavaliers for winning it that's fine sure but you have WNBA, who you're calling your sisters, right? Those are your sisters. You're trying to tell everyone to pay attention to. You're trying to say everyone needs to go because it's great. Okay, we'll support them. If it is great action, which I agree, the Aces are fantastic. I've been to plenty of uh, WNBA games, whether it was here in Vegas or other places. Look, I came from Central Texas. I covered Baylor. One of the most one of the most fun activities I went to was seeing the Lady Bears play. You know, in college, watching watching this last year's national championship game, the ladies' side of things was much more entertaining than the men's was. And and that's putting more interest. I mean, I've and I've that's putting more interest. But you're telling me summer league needed to generate rings. <laughs> I will say one good thing because I was going to go there. The Kelsey Plum uh, trophy last year, right? That was like the size of the palm of my hand, right? They, they did make it a little bigger, but yeah, just just to go with that as an example. Like, I'm just saying, can't even get gonna, like a real trophy. If you're going to spend insane. the money to have rings available as soon as the game is over, like NBA teams don't even get their rings as soon as they win the championship, right? Yeah, right. The Warriors didn't get their rings until the first game of the season or whenever the ring ceremony was. The Aces, the same thing. So you tell me Summer League got rings. They weren't free. And if they were, I need to be part of that package. Oh, yeah. This whole building then, if that's <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. We all participate. And look, I don't want anyone to think that I'm poo-pooing on the Summer League guys because they, oh. out, they went out there and earned it. I'm just looking at professionals that are playing and practicing at a high school or practicing at a college and have to put their 
clothes in their gym bag when they're done and go to their house and shower and not really and not even be able to get on charter flights. Let's not forget that. Oh yeah. Right? There's a lot of things that they don't get, but yet the summer league guys who may never sniff the NBA again get rings for a six games winner championship. So when I say I say all that to tell you it's an excuse that the WNBA is not better supported by the NBA. Not better not more by the fans. I think the fans are there. It's the NBA that needs to do their job, and they've got the money clearly to get it done. Just saying. There you go. Well done. Well done. (laughs) All right, Q, since this is my show now, I'm just taking over, doing whatever I want. Let's talk. Let's Hold talk on, national. Be, before you do that, we got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. That's what happened. Q, don't hate on the ring. I got a ring for being the best high school basketball bench player. Sincerely, Demond. Demond's been catching <laughs> strays all game Whew. or all show. It's been like a game. He's been catching them. Boy, he's he's over there in ESPN Las Vegas right now. Just like his ears are ringing for real. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go listen uh, to the podcast of that show and make sure. Uh Make sure they're not doing equal jabs uh, to me. I know I'm getting some at some point. Hey, man, they can't, they can't fire no slugs at you, man. Oh, you'd be surprised. I, I know the boss, man. Don't fun. worry, you're okay. I know the <laughs> you boss. You know the boss. <laughs> good. Good to know. Next time I have to take a shot. There you go. I'll let you know. All right, so we're good. Moving yep. on. Yep. All right, because I'm the boss now. Take right. it over for a whole two minutes. There national, yesterday, actually, we're gonna, we missed this, but this is an important one, was National Tattoo Day. Yeah, I hated that we missed that one because I, that's actually a, a, a day of the year that I actually respect, National Tattoo Day. <laughs> of course. And it's so funny. Ever since I've been here, I've been trying to attempt to go get another tattoo, and I have not done it. And it took me years when I was in Texas before I finally went and got another tattoo, and then I ended up getting like two or three new ones before we left. And I haven't got one in Las Vegas yet. Now, when we were in Hawaii, uh, me and Lil Q, we did get um, tattoos ourselves while we were there, but they were very small. And they weren't cheap because it was Hawaii and we were on vacation. So they're very mm. small. But, yeah, man, uh, I saw that yesterday, National Tattoo Day, and I was excited. We ran out of time. So uh, that's just I think that's just a sign saying, Q, you still need to get to the tattoo shop. I even have – there's a, a, a lady that me and the wife, we, we go to this uh, spot in GVR all the time, and she's a bartender at this restaurant, and she has a really good tattoo game, right? And so I always ask her, where do you get your tattoos from? So she always has suggested to me a couple different people, and I still haven't got it done. So that's on the to-do list. I just haven't done it yet. All right, super quick, because I don't have any tattoos, not for any reason other than I just never felt that I had something specific that I should. Right. So do you, when you get a tattoo, I mean, is it just, there's no rhyme or reason to it? You, no, it's always, always got to have a reason. There's okay, al- yeah. It always has to mean something. That's why I take my time. Yeah, then you should get something Vegas. I, I, I think it's like a monumental thing, you know, not to speak for you, but you being here and there's everything. A, there's a hand tattoo that I want. I have the design in it, but my son said, as he has a hand tattoo, he said it's going to hurt like hell. So I said, <laughs> Seems okay. Seems like it. Yeah, it, it really, That's but I have, I have a really good design that I want i just haven't got it done yet but yeah that'll be the next one on the agenda but yeah if, nice. you, if you don't have if it's not like a purpose behind it if it doesn't mean anything don't do it don't just get some rando stuff to get some rando stuff and speaking of rando stuff that's it for the show we'll be back tomorrow it's radio 920 have a great night